Take your Bibles. Go to Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. And I want to give you this a little quickly today. The Bible says here in Isaiah 43, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. So God's talking directly to the nation of Israel. But we know, we know that the spiritual principles that apply to Israel also apply to the church. Now we know that there are specific prophecies that apply just to the nation of Israel and some of them are yet to be fulfilled. We know that's going to take place. So we can read this and understand that God's talking to his people. And he says here about Israel. And we can apply it to us as Christians today. Do not fear. For I have redeemed you. Did you notice the construction of that sentence? Do not fear. That's a declaration. Correct? That's a command. Do not fear. And then God gives us one of the reasons why. He says, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I believe that's a biblical prophecy that was fulfilled in 1948. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not... Hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Father, we thank you for your word and help us to see as these promises were specifically made to Israel, we know that based on the New Testament, based on biblical principles, that these also, these promises that you will be with us. And that you are our God and you know us by name. We don't have to be afraid. Apply to us. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Now, when I preached this series on fear last year, um, I gave you these, these things, okay? And so this is a kind of a review, but I want to give you this, all right? Look at this next slide here. Uh, <clears throat> look at what it says here. Fear not. Here are some fear-conquering facts. Fear not is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. And the reason I want to bring that up again is to remind you. We all need reminders, right? To remind you and me that fear not is mentioned that many times. Uh, no, um, it's, it's not a coincidence, right? One fear not for every day. Fear creates chaos in our lives. It, it, it tears us up on the inside. It, it keeps us from from being able to operate. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We just put their picture up here. But, you know, every parent has had 
of fear in the middle of the night of getting a phone call or getting a knock at the door and someone telling you that your precious child has been killed, right? Have you ever thought about that as a parent? I tell you, when you think about it, it paralyzes you, right? It wipes you out emotionally. And you begin to think about that. Oh, my gosh, what would I do? Oh, my gosh. what? And all of a sudden, you begin to go in a place that you shouldn't have to go to right now. Because, listen, we don't need to fear because if that knock on the door does come or that phone call does come for you and me, God will be with us anyway. And so fear creates chaos. It tears us up on the inside. It creates stress and on and on and on. And then fear keeps us from the blessings of abundant living. You know, we're crippled by what we can't control. We worry and we're overly concerned. And so as we move forward, um, and not just toward with COVID, but just all the things. Listen. I know a lot of you are very concerned about the direction of this country. I am too. And I know that we look at what's going on and we see so many of our elected leaders. Thank God we do have some great elected leaders. You know, we do. And you don't have to agree with everything they do, but I'll be honest with you, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm grateful for the governor that we have in this state. I really am. But it scares me when I think about how far from God we can go in such a quick time with some of our political leaders. And there are a lot of things that can, that you know, I mean, you, you go into a store and you start looking at the supply chain issues and you start wondering, you know, I, I mean, we have the basic needs that we have, but could it be one day maybe where you... You can't get water, you can't get bread, you can't, I mean, you start to consider those things, don't you? It makes you a little concerned about what in the world's going on. So there's a lot to fear. There's a lot to be concerned about, but I would advocate and say this to you and me. Go back and read a little bit about other civilizations, about our ancestors, about other times in history. Let me tell you something. There were things that they feared too, and their lives were a lot worse than ours as far as basic necessities and things of that. So we've got to keep it in perspective, and we've got to realize that fear is crippling. You and I have a choice to decide to make. We have a choice to make, and we will decide who we're going to listen to, how we're going to live our lives, and whether or not we're going to be crippled by fear, okay? So I want to give you three things here that we see in this passage of Scripture why we shouldn't fear. Number one, God says, do not fear because you belong to me. As simple as that. Do not fear, you belong to me. Verse one, do not fear for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. You are mine. And and God was saying this to Israel, but... We as Christians, we belong to him. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. How big of a house must you have to have mansions inside of it? A big house. 
There's a song written about that. In my father's house, a big, big house. (laughs) You belong to me. He knows you by name. He has a plan for your life. It doesn't take him um, um, by um, <clears throat> by accident, or doesn't it, it? It doesn't surprise him. It doesn't take God by surprise when something happens to you. You belong to Him if you're a Christian. I belong to Him. When I go to sleep at night, I'm under His care. I'm under His watch. But when I'm awake, I'm under His care and under His watch. <clears throat> And so I don't need to fear because I belong to him. If God is for us, what can man do to us, the Bible says, right? Here's here's another question. If God is calling you home today, where can you go to hide from that appointment? You can't. There's no place to go. So do not be afraid. You belong to me we have a personal relationship with jesus christ and he lives in you and he's alive and we are his he knows who we are he knows your name i'll tell you something else he doesn't just know your name he knows you better than you know yourself it's funny when i was a, a younger christian you know i used to pray and i used to like, let God in on some things. And as I grew up, as I grew spiritually, I learned, I'm not telling him something he doesn't know already. He knows it. So I start a lot of my prayer like, well, God, you know what I thought today. <laughs> and what God wants is he wants me to agree with him that my thought was wrong or sinful. <laughs> you belong to me. A second thing I want you to see here is this. Do not fear because not only do you belong to me, but... I will be with you. That's what God is saying. I will be with you. I'm not making this stuff up. It's right here. Look, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You have to understand that in ancient times, man, I'll tell you, there just wasn't a whole lot of bridges around. (laughs) And you had to go through some stuff to get to, to places that you wanted to go. And God says, when you go through these things, I will be with you. Jesus said, I am with you all. He's with you. Listen, he's with you. If you're a Christian, he's with you when you're at church. And he's with you when you're in a place you're not supposed to be. He's with you. You take him with you everywhere you go. That's why when you're in a place you're not supposed to be, maybe like a club or a bar room or something like that, that's why you're feeling weird because you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit inside of you is convicting you about what's going on. He lives in you. He's with you. Wherever you go, you're never alone. Look at what Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. John 10, 27 through 30 says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Wherever he goes, even in the darkest moments of your life, when you're in pain, when something horrible has happened to you, you're never alone. He's there. Let me give you a third reason why we shouldn't fear. He will protect us because I will protect you. He says here, do not fear, I've summoned you by name. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Do you ever feel like you've been walking through <laughs> a furnace? <laughs> that life has, the heat has been turned up? you know, by way of speaking, that you've been going through some terrible things, some difficult things. You know, I look at you all, and I, I, can, I, can, I can start talking about what so many of you have gone through in life. I look at Claire over there. I know, I know a lot of stuff that her and Stephen have been through. They've been through some fiery stuff, right? I, I look at Shane over here on this side. I know some stuff that... He's been through. I mean, I, you, you want me to start calling more names? I know some of the stuff you've been through. There are a lot of stuff I don't know that you've been through, but what I do know is you've been through some stuff. You've walked through the fire, and God was with you in the midst of it. And he will protect you. He will protect your heart. He will protect your spirit. He will watch over you. Man, look at what Romans 8, 31 through 39 says. Look at that. <laughs> Make sure we read here. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he will not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's a lot that we just read. And I would advise you perhaps maybe today when you go home is go look up that passage in Romans 8 verses 31 through 39 and just take your time through it and Really contemplate what God is saying. What he's saying is that I'm with you. I'm going to protect you. And if, and if 
if, if, if something happens to you that you don't view as protection, it means that you're in the hands of God and God's taking you home. That's the greatest protection of all. Do not fear. I will protect you. You know, think about this. The Bible says it is appointed for men to die once and after this judgment. And the Bible says that those of us who have received Christ in John 5, 24, we have passed from death into life and will not come into judgment. The Bible tells us about a rich man who lived and he died and he woke up and he was in torment. And there was a man named Lazarus who was full of sores and begged for crumbs off the rich man's table to eat. And the Bible says that Lazarus died and he was escorted by the angels of God to paradise at that time. To Abraham's bosom. The Bible says that blessed in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Now listen to what I'm trying to tell you here. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Is that death is not something we should fear. But for the Christian we know that it's graduation day for us. It's the day that we move from this life. It's the day that we put this earthly tent. This body that we have. This decrepit, dying, decaying, rotting body away. <laughs> you say, well, we came to church and Pastorey said that our bodies are rotten. Yeah, they are. They're just we. It, it, it's just going to all be, all be gone. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that we don't know what we shall be like. John says, but we know this: that when we see Him, we shall be just as He is. We're going to be just like Jesus. That's what the Bible tells me. And so I believe He's going to protect me, and ultimately He's going to protect me. And I'm going to go to be with him in heaven, not because I'm good or because I'm a pastor. Because when I was 17 years of age, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and he became the Lord of my life. And he changed me from the inside out from that day forward. He will keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. And so I don't have to be afraid of the things that I can't control. So, in light of all of those things, what, we sh- what should we do? Give you five quick things that, that, that I want to leave you with today. Number one, in the world that we're living in, with all the craziness going on, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Don't go for group think. As a Christian, let God lead you and direct you. Open up the Bible and see the love letter that God has for you. Don't listen to those who are ungodly, who don't know the Lord Jesus, and, and want to give you direction on what's important in your life. Don't follow those people. They're heretics. <laughs> They're pagans. Number two, fill your mind and heart with Scripture. People ask me, Pastor, how do I know God's will? Well, he's not some kind of like magic genie that if you rub the bottle a certain way, he's going to reveal to you his will. No, you find God's will as you begin to get to know him 
And as you begin to study his word, his word that's living and alive and has power for your life, and he speaks to you each and every day. I don't know about you, but he speaks to me. You say, oh, do you hear his voice? No, I hear it louder than an actual voice. I hear it through my spirit from the scripture. I mean, I can read a book, and a book might get me emotional, but it won't change me from the inside out. But when I read the scripture, the living word of God, man, it does something to me. To fill your mind and heart with Scripture. Obey God. Obey Him. Don't be afraid of man. Obey Him. Live out your purpose. Live out the life that God has for you. Go live. Jesus has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Go live it out. Live. You've heard me say this statement many times, but it's amazing to me. And it's, it's always been there. But what COVID did was COVID helped expose it. But I've never seen so many people that they were so afraid to die that they were unwilling to live. And then finally, love God and love people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, even beyond that, to love them as he has loved us. Love God and love people. Just love them. You say, well, what about those people that hate God? Love, the Bible says, costs nothing uh, as far as you giving them love. Jesus paid it all. And, and there is no law against love. Right? When Pastor James Coates, pastor in Canada, was put in jail for violating Canada's COVID policy for meeting. They could lock him up so that he couldn't lead his people. But what they couldn't do was they couldn't lock up the love that he had in his heart for the people who locked him up. And he kept loving them. So these are just some things. Think for yourself. Fill your mind and heart with Scripture. Obey God. Live out your purpose. Love God. Love people. Be smart about what you do. Respect other people's decisions. And go on and live your life in 2022. So I choose not to live in fear. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to go sit on a railroad track. And say, God will protect me when the train comes. No, the train will splatter me. You use a little bit of common sense, right? We had a family member uh, about a year ago or so um, that died from COVID. And COVID was going through that part of our family in Louisiana. And we made, I made a decision not to go because of what was going on at the time. I wasn't scared. I was just being smart because of what was going on. So, but, don't, don't allow fear of everything to control you. Because that's what Satan wants. That's what the Bible says. Go look at 1 John. Fear involves torment. Perfect love casts out all fear. Who is perfect love? Jesus. And he casts out that kind of fear. 
The Bible says, I don't have to be afraid of the pestilence. I don't have to be afraid of the things at night. You know, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> this has been my, my this is my fifth year going to Alabama, where we hunt. Any of you follow Alabama? It's north of Alabama, uh, of you follow. It's in between you follow and Columbus, Georgia, Phoenix City, Alabama. There, I call it Nowhereville, Alabama. And our hunting property, um, it's far from a hard paved road. So the deer that we hunt there don't even get hit by cars. That's how far away it is from anything. It's a long way from anything. And every night when it gets dark, we're sitting around the campfire and it's quiet. You can't hear a car. You can't hear anything except nature. All of a sudden, you start hearing the coyotes. And there's one... Uh, pack of them that hang around what we call the ladder stand. They sound like they're sitting in there. And they start, they start. And then by the other stand, another group starts. And I'm like, why won't them jokers show up in the daytime? I got something for them. And I know people that are scared of, scared of coyotes. They don't scare me. I love them. Like, I'll beat the snot out of them. I'm like, shit, thanks, whatever. But, truth be told, Pastor, you afraid to stay out there at night in the middle of nowhere by yourself? Nope, not as long as I have my buddy Smith and Wesson. <laughs> what I'm getting at is that fear, I understand, fear is part of our lives, it'll come and go. But we have to understand that ultimately God sees it all. He knows what's going on in our lives. And if you're serving Him and living for Him and something bad happens to you, God knows about it. And there's a purpose and a way. He will help you through it. So what is there to fear? As we read in Romans 8, neither life nor death, angels, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, nothing. No created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ, from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ. Nothing. I'll never be separated from His love. Isn't that awesome? Never be separated. So we're moving to 2022. We're already here. Let's live, man. Let's not be afraid. Let's fulfill our purpose. Let's stand together, everybody. <clears throat> Would you bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father? We are grateful for the Word of God. And we are grateful for the truth of your Word. We can build our life on the sure foundation of Jesus and the truth of your holy word. Thank you that in times like these, <laughs> we have the unchanging 
solid foundation of your truth to build our lives on. And thank you. We do not have to be afraid. Not only that, but you command us not to. So help us to be humble, but yet courageous as we fulfill your will in our lives. Help us not to be afraid of building relationships, because we know that in relationships we'll get hurt. But we know that you use relationships to bring people to faith in Jesus. Help us not to be afraid of disease, though we may get it, and it may take us to you, ultimately. We're not going to be afraid. Help us not to be afraid of those things that we can't control. And thereby affecting our joy, our peace, our happiness. Thank you for the promises we have in your word. And we can live life in the love of our Savior Jesus Christ. If God's spoken to you, I want you to know this altar is open for you to pray. You feel free to let God read your name. Secondly, you've given your life to Jesus Christ. We know, know we've had several that have done so in the, in the, in the recent past. I'm going to ask you to come forward and come to me and make that decision public, and we're going to prepare you for baptism in the near future and set up a date and help you with that. If you want to join this church, this is the time to do so. So however God is leading you, you follow him. And trust him. Father, we thank you and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.